It's great to have you with us from wherever you're tuning in from. For more information about Elevate Church or to contact us, head to our website elevatechurch.me and take us wherever you go by downloading our Elevate Church AU app. We hope this message inspires and helps you to take your next steps in your journey. Feelings. Now, 1975 wasn't my... my era and definitely not my genre but there was a song that comes to mind feelings nothing but feelings come on you know the rest of it and it goes on and says oh my life of hey so you, you've heard it and the idea is that life is full of feelings you got up this morning the moment the the brain turned on might it still be turning on? The moment your brain turned on, the emotions turned on, and they will turn off when you get to bed tonight and you fall asleep, unless you dream. But the idea is that your life starts in the day with feelings and it finishes with feelings. Your life is full of feelings. And feelings and emotions are what you were made with. In fact, in the Bible, go back to Genesis. Right, man? God's busy making everything, right? He makes man and he says, it's very good. But there was one thing that was bad. What was it? No, 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 she's she's coming later. He was alone. (laughs) Gee whiz. Feelings. So, um, it was alone. That's a feeling. Loneliness is a feeling. The first thing that man experienced was Loneliness, him and then they made a wife and had different types of feelings, right? Um, and, and then they went to the tree and the devil comes along and sets up a whole bunch of new feelings of confusion and, and they took a bite of the apple and then they had this guilt and then they had shame and then God makes them some clothes and they're not so shamed and they have different feelings again. And right through the Bible, we get a bunch of... Feelings and emotions because God designed you with feelings and emotions for your good because they heal you. It's good to cry. Might not be a crier, but it's good to cry. It's good to be happy, joyful. It actually is good for the soul. Um, But feelings out of control. You see, even God has feelings. Did you know that? God has feelings. We know that he grieves. We know that he gets sad, he weeps. We hear in the Bible that he gets a bit annoyed. Um, And we also know that he's full of joy and he's full of peace. So God is a God of feelings and emotions too. And it makes him who he is. That's why we're made in his image. That's why we're different than any other creation on earth because of our emotions and feelings that we have. So you've all got them and some of you live out of them. How many like sad movies? I hate sad movies. There are some people that like sad movies. They get a movie out, get the tissue box. Ten boxes later. I don't like sad movies. In fact, put a sad movie on. I want to get out of there, right? I can feel it happening and it's not going to come. So I'm going to stop. I'm going to turn it off. I like movies that got good endings, right? I hate those series. Oh, watched one the other day. And it's just, there's no end to it. I'm waiting for the hero. I want a good end story. 
Squid Game? I haven't watched that. Yeah, I would love it. I haven't watched that. See, people talk. But, but you see, it's not, but I, it's like movies. James Bond is coming out. Woohoo! I look forward to James Bond because I know that he's real and I know that he always has a good ending. Right? He's always a winner. Don't have these moves. I watched one the other day and it was like, would someone get to the end of this story? Because it's so depressing. Feelings. The truth about feelings, though, is that feelings will, can control your life. And if you don't manage your feelings, your feelings will manage you. If you don't manage your feelings, if you are not the one who is determining the, to get the best out of these feelings, these feelings will get the best out of you. And the idea about feelings is you're made with them for a purpose, but let's manage them so we get the best purpose out of them, not let them manage us and determine our destiny. And so the idea of what this series, which is so important, is about managing feelings, getting the best out of them, not running from them, not hiding from them, but using them the way God created them to be used. And so that's what we want to look at. So we're going to look at one particular one, which I can see a few of you are carrying. Worry. How many people have been worried this week? How many people are worried right now? We're going to solve your worry. Here we go. Worry. Now, worry is interesting because worry can, can really upset your world. Uh, worry actually can steal your joy. Too much worry will actually, in fact, fact um, impact the way you look. You've seen people who are worry warts. What's a worry wart? A wart looks ugly, but worry... Worry will, will steal um, your friendships. Worry will push people away. Worry will, could steal your future. Worry, out of control, actually makes you sick. You've heard the saying, yeah, worried sick? Um, it does. It can make you physically sick. We know that. It gives you ulcers. And it can also make you mentally sick as well. Um, and we've heard about that too, and there's many people carrying that. So worry is not, it can be a bad thing, but worry, you might say, but Steve, is there a good worry? You've got children, right? You've got children, you've got worry. Children have the potential to cause a lot of worry. But you see, worry is simply concern, which is healthy, gone too far, which creates worry which then will create fear that uh, Rob, you're so lucky having Rob back, is going to speak on. But worry. See, I, I Margie and I, we, we have uh, children. <clears throat> and you know what? They're all grown up. But once upon a time, they were teenagers. And before that, I had hair. <laughs> now, teenagers, when they get to that age where they've got licenses right and they go out at night and you're sitting at home and they're out with their mates and you say be home by 10 o'clock because I am a strict parent of which we negotiate 10.30 so get home by 10.30 you're sitting there right and you're watching TV don't watch Taken while your children are out and watching TV and, and as you're watching TV you know, this, this movie and, and it gets to 10 o'clock, and they're not home. 
not home. 10.30, uh-uh, they're not home. 10.45, 11 o'clock, all of a sudden, you start to have these funny feelings come up inside, commonly called concern out of control. And the concern out of control becomes worry. And then you start to go, uh-oh, what's going on? Maybe they've had a car accident. <clears throat> maybe, maybe they're just, or oh, maybe they just miss it. Maybe they've run out of petrol. Maybe, 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 oh no. They might, have, they might be in, the cops might have got them. Um, and then you start to think, oh no, abduction, oh, aliens. And all of a sudden, the story has just gone round in your head and grown really big. And by 12 o'clock, you're panicking. And I have been known to get in my car, inappropriately dressed, looking for my kids. Right? I have been known to be walking down the streets of Scarborough Beach at late at night where there's lots of drunks looking for my son because I don't know where he is. It's, it's, and then you come home and you can't find them and you're definitely sure that they've been abducted and you go, oh my goodness, and you sit in their room to have a prayer vigil only to walk in their room and find they're snuggled up in bed. <laughs> now, when did you get home? Oh, 10 o'clock? Did you say hello? No. It's, it's true, right, that, that, that our brains get taken over and we start to worry about stuff and the worry actually starts to take away from us the life. Worry. I love this as, as a, um, I'm going to find it, it's a great quote, this is probably going to go up on the screen in a minute, but there's a quote that's from um, Corey Ten Boone. What a wonderful lady Corey Ten Boone was. You read her book, Hiding Place. She was a Dutch lady who, in the, in the war, World War II, um, her family who were watchmakers protected the Jewish people. They hid them in their house. And the Gestapo found out, came in, and her, her sister, and her folks were imprisoned in a concentration camp. They lived in a concentration camp. Imagine what that was like, living in a concentration camp. Even there, this beautiful lady and her sister cared for others and built up this place of, of protecting and caring for others. Her sister died while she was in concentration camp. She leaves the concentration camp not long after that and two weeks um, after she'd left, they, they released her, all those that she'd built relationship had gone to the gas chamber. Here's a lady that could carry a lot of worry. And this is what she said. Worry is carrying tomorrow's load with today's strength. Worry is taking tomorrow's load with today's strength. Carrying two days at once. It's moving into tomorrow ahead of time. Worry doesn't empty tomorrow of its sorrow. It empties today of its strength. What a great comment. Worry doesn't do you any good. It just weighs you down and it actually is worrying about something I've got no control over and instead of giving you life, it actually takes your strength. So how can we actually manage our worry? So we're going to have a look at some uh, story out of scripture that has got some great, great tools on how do I manage my worry? So that I can turn my worry and my concerns to the right place and actually give me life and make it full. And the story starts, it's in Kings. And 2 Kings is all about the kings of the Old Testament in the times way before Jesus comes along. 
And we know that Israel has always been attacked by somebody and Aram was trying, the king of Aram was trying to take over Israel and they had this plan. And he would put this plan together to go and take another community of Israel. So the, the king of Aram would sit down in private room, you know, airtight tent, um, and he's sitting in this room and he's making these plans and they go to attack only to find out that someone's already told the king of Israel what's going to happen and they're all ready to fight. Every time he has this idea, this secret, this, this secret plan, somehow the, Israel's already ready for them because someone has told them. Who's told them? Well, they found out there was this prophet called Elisha. Elisha um, was a succession plan to Elijah, who was also an amazing prophet. Elisha is there, and God gives him the intel. And he got this intel, and he goes and tells the king of Israel. Well, when the king of Aram found out about this, he was pretty upset, and he found out where um, Elisha was living in Dotham. And so he said, we are going to go and get this man. So he gets the whole army, not just a few, because this is a man of God. You're going to get the whole lot. So he gets the whole army to go. And let's pick up the story in 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 15. They're ready to take him out. And it says, When the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh no, my Lord. <laughs> I think I might have been saying a few other words. But said, oh no, my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed, open his eyes, Lord, so that, we, so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. The servant gets up in the morning, wipes the sleep out of his eyes, opens the door, and there is a whole, not just a couple of people, not just a couple of policemen. He's got a whole army surrounding them. He walks out and there's no way out. He's got an army that's going to take his life. He's got an army that's going to take his possession. He's got an army out there that's going to finish everything off. There's no way out. He has got up in the morning and he has found an army of opposition. It's like getting up in the morning and you've realised that you've just lost your job and there's an army against you. You get up in the morning and you open your bank account and it's empty and you're not sure where it's next but it's going to come from. You've just discovered that a loved one has got a bad sickness or maybe you've been to the doctors and there's an army of sickness at your door and it's telling you that, you're gonna, that you haven't got long to live. There's, a, there's an army out there and it seems like the army is going to take you out and there's no answers. Your kids are rebelling. COVID's in the world. China might be after us. There's this army against us right now in society and it's right at the door. 
and we open the door and what do we see? Everything that's opposing us. And this is what the servant does. Look at this. There's a key here. The servant looks out there and he says to, to Elisha, his Lord, what can we do? What can or what shall we do? In other words, what are we going to do about this? And there's a very important point here. When you're facing opposition, when you're facing concerns, when you're facing things that seem like everything's against you, when relationships have been, someone's been unfair to you in your world, what can I do? You see, you're only responsible for the things you can do. You're not responsible for the things someone else needs to do and that you've got no control of. When we're facing worries and concerns, a servant gives us a tool here, asks the question, so what can I do? You see, so often, worries and concerns are all up there and I can do nothing and I'm worried about the things I can't do. I'm concerned about the things I have no control over. And so the first thing is to say, well, what do I have control over? I have control over my response to the situation. I have control over, over how I feel about other people, but I don't have control about how they feel about me. I have control over, over the next step. I have control over those that, that um, 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 how I'm going to look for this new job. I have control over those things, but I don't have control over some things that I'm worried about. So when it comes to worry, one of the best things that I learned was this. Look at the things I have control over and deal with those. Work on the things you can do, not on the things you can't do. Because if you worry about the things you can't do, they will control who you are. But when you work on the things that you can do, you're in control of who you are. And I want to suggest to you that, I, and we've done this quite often, and because you know, in, in my work where we're seeing um, people who have allowed bad feelings to determine habits that's caused them into addictive behaviours such as drugs and alcohol, the first thing to do is to go back and say, so what have you got control over? Let's list these things that are all the issues. Which ones are those? Let's circle the ones you can actually do something with. And let's work on those ones, not work on the things you can't do something with. Because when you can do that, then all of a sudden, you're in control of your and managing your worry. Because if you don't, your worry will manage you for sure. What can I do? But then what happens is, you, you read the next part of the story and it says, so Elisha responds, don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Those who are with us. So don't look at what's against you, look at what's with you. Don't look at the army that's coming towards you because you can do nothing about that, but look at what you've got to fight that. What's, in my, what's my resources that I have right now? And you might be surprised because what you have is greater than what you think is coming against you. And then he says this, And Elisha prayed, 
Open his eyes, Lord, so that he might see. Open his eyes. God, take, take this servant and let him stand in a different position and have a different set of glasses. The servant wasn't blind. He could see what was against him. Right now, our worry and our concerns, you know what they are. They're pretty obvious. They're there. But what about if you put on a different set of eyes? You see, he wasn't saying open his physical eyes. He was saying giving him a new set of eyes that he might see from a different perspective. That he might stand over, instead of looking from where he's standing, go and stand next to God and get God's eyes and see from a God perspective. Too often when we're worried about stuff, it's because we're sitting in the worry. Sometimes you've got to step out of the worry and look from a different perspective. I've got a place up in Kalamunda, a number of little places I go to to pray. And one of them is called my Vision Rock. I love it. It's up in Kalamunda. Um, the lines look out. You, you track along the track for a bit. And there's this rock. And it's there and you can see the city. And right from Mandra all the way to Joondalup, you can see from this rock. And it's my vision rock. And it's interesting when you're standing up on that rock looking out, the world looks different than if I was walking around the streets of Perth. It looks different from up there. And God's view is so different. People are worried about, about what's happening in society. They're worried about COVID. We're worried about vaccines. We're worried about all these things. But maybe we need to step back and say, God, open my eyes so I can see what's happening from your view. Because it might look different. Because here's the truth. Our God knows the beginning and he knows the end. Our God is the creator of heavens and earth. He's got the last chapter. He knows the end of the story. He knows what's happening in the last series of the movie and he's gonna, he knows how it's all going to finish. So maybe I need to step back and look from his point of view and not look from being stuck with the armies around me. See, worrying, manage, managing your worry is first of all being in control of what you can do and then step back and have a view from God's eyes. Because here's the truth. And Paul said this. He says, if I die, it's all good. I win. And if I don't die, I win too. Hey, I'm a winner no matter what. And isn't that the truth? That we worry about some things that when we step back and put on God's eyes. A guy by the name of Wardo actually made this quote. And it's surprising, really, if you know a little bit about his background. But Ralph Waldo Emerson said this, Sorry looks back, worry looks around, but faith looks up. How, where are we looking? What are we focusing on? What has got our attention? And maybe we need to say, God, open my eyes so I can see as you see. So he opens his eyes and it says, And the Lord opens the servant's eyes and he looked and he saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. You see, it's one thing to actually do what you can do. It's another thing to see from God's eyes. But it's another thing to actually know there's an army and to give my battle to that army. 
You see, it's about giving over to the army that's all around you. He opened his eyes and he saw this massive army and realised that those that were with them were greater than those that were against them. And all the time God is saying, hey, seek first my kingdom. Don't worry about that. And so the idea here is to say, God, you can do this. And I'm going to give it to you to do. Seek first my kingdom. Seek first my army. In 1 Peter, he said this, 1 Peter 5 verse 7. Um, Peter, one of the disciples, he says, Give your worries and cares to God. Give your worries and your cares to God. As Christians, how often do I sit there and go, yeah, I know God can do this, but I'll still worry about it. Yeah, I know God can supply, but I'm still going to sit there and worry because I have a right to worry because I feel good about worrying. But one moment I say, okay, I'm going to let it go and give it to God, then he can actually do something with it. I wonder what stuff we're worried about that shouldn't be ours to worry about if we gave it to the God who can fix the worry, who can overcome the concerns. You know, there's a, um, a friend of mine, um, Brendan Lord Davis, who's the pastor up at Carnarvon right now. And you may have seen some of this on the news. I spoke to him this week to say, what's happening in Carnarvon? As you know, this young girl, um, Cleo, who's been lost. And it's impacted the whole community of 4,000 people. And they're, they're worried, they're concerned. And so what Brendan was talking, he's very involved in the community. I love this guy. He's so involved in his local community. So he decided to um, have a prayer vigil. So he opened up the church and led it around the place that they were going to have a prayer vigil for Cleo. And uh, he said there was about 70, 80 people turned up. He said, I reckon out of that 70, 80 people, 50 of them would never have gone into a church before. And he said it was like they needed a safe place to go to look at someone else who's bigger than they are to give them some hope. He, uh, the news got hold of it and uh, you've probably seen some of the He said, I'm hopeless on the news. The reporters were coming and, and there was, um, they wanted to, they did a second vigil and they wanted the, the cameras to come into the church to film it. In fact, there were communities around Australia saying, can we zoom into your prayer vigil? Brendan went and saw the, uh, the Shire president um, who's, who wouldn't usually go to church. He's not a, um, a churchy usually guy. And he, he says, look, I, I'm going to say no. Brendan said, I'm going to say no, because we need a safe place to go. We need a place where people can feel safe and don't have a camera poking down their face. A safe place to go and to look at something bigger, to hand it over to someone and something bigger. And the, the president said, I totally agree. So they kept the cameras out so that there was a safe place. We need a safe place to go, to get a God perspective and to be able to put those worries down before him. Whether you're a believer or not a believer, it's the, we need something bigger than ourselves, something bigger than the fight, something bigger than the armies against us to lay it down before them. Matthew eleven twenty eight, when Jesus said, "Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden." The message, the uh, Passion Bible puts it this way: Are you weary, carrying a heavy burden? Then come to me; I will refresh your life. For I am your 
oasis. I love that. Would we go and hand that over to our Father God? The servant saw that there was an army and he was able to give his worry to that army, not carry it himself. It's one thing to actually do what you can do. It's another thing to to get a set of God's eyes, but it's another thing to hand it over to him and let him solve it. I'm not preaching to you today. I'm preaching to me. So, Sorry, giving the message to me. I, I love the idea of Philippians 4. It says from the message, Don't fret or worry. Instead of worry, pray. Let petitions and praise shape your worries into prayers. Letting God know your concerns. And it was uh, Rick Warren in The Purpose um, of Christmas. And he wrote this. The more you pray, the less you panic. The more you worship, the less you worry. You will feel more patient and less pressured. Here, here is our challenge. If we're going to allow, if we're going to manage our worries, don't let them manage you. But manage them by first of all, do what you can do. Have a set of eyes that sees a God that's bigger than yourself and then hand it over to him and let him take control of it for you because he is a God that says, I can look after those concerns because he knows the answer. Let's pray. Father God, I want to thank you and praise you that you are a God who is so much bigger than my concerns. You are a God who is so much bigger than my needs. You are a God that that is there right now. And I want to come to you and say, God, I can do the things I can do, but I want to have eyes to see how you see. And I also, I want to hand over those worries and concerns to you, believing that you have the answer. Amen. We really hope you got a lot out of this message. If you live in the Perth area, we'd love for you to join one of our live experiences. For times and directions, as well as information, head to our website, elevatechurch.me. For those of you beyond the Perth area, we'd love for you to connect with our online experience, which premieres every Sunday via YouTube and Facebook Live, and on demand immediately after. And to partner with us to reach more people by giving financially, head to our website, elevatechurch.me and also download our Elevate Church AU app.